want to talk to you this morning about the greatest invitation that the Bible has ever given. An invitation that you can't walk away from. An invitation that to me is one of the greatest promises of Scripture. You should have some notes. You can make sure you take those notes out um, in your uh, bulletin there. Uh, this invitation is uh, something you can't, uh, you can't walk away from. And I'm amazed at how much our lives are packed with worry and fret. And anxiety is the number one word of what people deal with. It is a disease, anxiety. In fact, if you said it, I have rushing anxiety. It almost sounds like something that you could get paid to go to a doctor to say, what's wrong with me? Why am I so anxious about this? Jesus wants us to be at peace. He really does. Not to worry about what the future will hold for, as Matthew says, today's got enough trouble of its own. I am seemingly never on time and always in a hurry. Jesus was never in a hurry and always on time. And I find that it proliferates in our minds, it influences our behaviors, it sets our priorities, it ruins our health. Post Laureate Arden said this of the 21st century, it is the age of anxiety. I want to read a quote from Time Magazine. It says, anxiety seems to be the dominant factor in our and is threatening to become the dominant cliche of our world, of modern life. It shouts in the headlines, it nags us in advertisements, it speaks in boardrooms, and it whispers in the privacy each day of our bedroom. Anxiety. By the way, that was written in 1961. What did they have to worry about in 1961? (laughs) Come on, think about it. There was no internet. They didn't know what was going on in the world. Nobody cared. And we think, think about it. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have cell phones, we have all of this stuff to us, and are we any more at peace? Nah, we're not. And, and, and I, when I think back in 1961, and they were concerned about anxiety and pressure, and, and they didn't even get to live through 19, you know, or 2007 and 8 and 2009 when we had nothing. We wondered how we were going to make ends meet. Every day, we find this sense of this tug of war between conflict and truth. And let's look at um, your notes there. Two big illusions. Let's look at the first illusion. And and by the way, I used to drive (laughs) three days a week from Lancaster to San Dimas. 94 miles one way. You took Andrews Crest to the 210 in Pasadena from Palmdale. Okay, I knew that road better. I, I, I just knew that road. Now, before they put a solid yellow line, you could pass on any turn. Have you ever been on Angela's Crest? No wonder they put a solid yellow line instead of the... Well, I made it a contest at 5.30 in the morning of how many cars I could pass. Okay? 15 was a good day. If I could pass 15 cars before I got to Pasadena. Wow. 
I would hurry and race and go around and just get out of the way. One day I got to the bottom of La Cunada at the stop sign before he got on the 210 freeway. I had passed about 14 cars that day. Very proud of my record. I got to the bottom and I stopped at the stoplight. Within one minute time, all 14 cars were behind me. What did I gain? (laughs) You know, I ruined my tires. I'm in a hurry. I'm pressured. And what did I get out of it? About a minute. Maybe two. And it it caused me to, to sit back and the Lord, even at that moment, said, was it worth it? So I slowed down. I really did. But here's the uh, first great uh, illusion. I will someday have more time. Come on, say that with me. No, you won't. No, you won't. You think, when I get out of high school, I'm going to have more time. College, you only go to school a couple hours. You get in college, in time you have your job, whatever you go. When I get out of college, I'm going to have more time. Because I won't have school anymore. I can just get a job. (laughs) Then you get married and you think, well, now we don't have to date anymore. That takes up time. So now we're going to have more time to be together. Then you have what? Children. (laughs) They are time-consuming, folks. And they don't ever go away. (laughs) Then they move into houses and expect their father-in-law, my son-in-law is here, to move them. (laughs) That is true. I have found that there's only 24 hours in the day and you don't get any more than that. And we margin that thing from bumper to bumper and we wonder why we're so tired. Because we think, someday it'll slow down. Someday I'll have more time. No, you won't. It's just an illusion. And that's why even the psalmist says, you know, the Lord, he says, he, I waited patiently for the Lord in Psalm 40. I waited patiently. Does anybody here like to wait? Oh, man. Fast food is an oxymoron. Because when you're in that line... Is this a Del Taco? Is this what this is? Yeah, it is. I now got two. Thank you. All right, here's the second big illusion, folks. Second big illusion. Someday, next one, B. Someday I'll have enough stuff. All right, say it out loud with me. Someday I'll have enough stuff. No, you won't. You buy a laptop or an iPad or a phone, within six months, it's, it's, it's worthless. Because something new is coming out. Something new you have to have. And we, we're bound by, I have to have this. If your car's three or four years old, you go, oh, I need a car with Bluetooth. I need a car that, that will talk to me. I need a car that, and it just, it just doesn't matter. There's always something that, that presses us. I like Hebrews chapter 13 when it says, be content 
with what you have. Learn to be content. Let your appliances die in your arms. <laughs> I had a stereo system. I had a stereo and, and the fuse went out in it. And I thought, huh, well, two amp or three amp fuse. And I thought, well, I don't have any fuses, but I'll fix it. So I got some gum, a gum wrapper. I've used that before. So I got the gum wrapper and peeled off the aluminum foil and wrapped it around the fuse. That works. I put it into it and turned the thing on, and I did not know that metal can burn. But that sucker caught on fire <laughs> on top of our countertop. Let your appliances die in your arms. And it's, it's like, do you really need that? And, and, and somehow our lives get filled with, someday I'll have more time, someday I'll have enough stuff. And you know there's a problem if you go buy a garage sale and you have to stop. Our garage sale, in, where we used to live in Lancaster, we were in a gated community. Once a year, our gated community had a garage sale. You know what happened to all the stuff in our community? It just stayed in the community. Our friends, not, this is no kidding, our friends had the same style house as ours and they got rid of their drapes. We bought their drapes and hung them in our house because their drapes are nicer than what we had. We bought their couches, we bought it because it fit our house. And so there, there's something about, can I do without that? Why am I always in a hurry? Who's more content? A man with 20 kids or a man with $20 million? It's easy. It's a man with 20 kids because he doesn't want any more. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> All right, let's go to the scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter. Matthew, first book, New Testament. Great passage. The invitation of Jesus. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, Oh, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. So the innocents can understand and grasp the kingdom. He said, all things, everything has been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son fully. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Here's the greatest invitation ever given by someone. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. If I didn't do anything this morning but just read that, just when you read it, can you, you just kind of go... Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. 
You know that um, an invitation, what do you do with it when it comes in the mail? Well, first of all, when you get an invitation, you've got to ask yourself, who's it from? What if you get an invitation and you don't like the person? Well, I'm not going to that. Or maybe you get an invitation from somebody you hardly know but is very prominent and they want you to come. Hey, I'm going. What if somebody offered you to go to the next wedding in England? Somebody gave you an invitation, all expenses paid, to go see one of the princes get married. Would you go? But see, it makes you consider, what's your relationship with the person who gives you the invitation? Do you know them intimately? Are they friends? Are you estranged? When Jesus gives this invitation of come to me, I'm telling you, you have to ask yourself, what's your relationship to Christ? If he's saying, come to me, do you know him well? Are you intimately involved with him? Are you estranged? But the promise that Jesus gives us in this invitation, when Jesus says, come, you listen. It's a call, if you will, a clarion call for each of us and an obligation to respond. And that's why you ask yourself, would I be embarrassed to be seen? Or am I looking and willing to be part of this invitation? In fact, there's five different things that is mentioned in Scripture about to come. The invitation that Jesus gives goes further than that. And I'm just going to read them quickly and you can fill them in. First of all, Jesus says, come and see. In John chapter 1, he just says, come and see, he replied, And you'll see and you'll understand. And so when Peter was asked in Philip, come, Jesus said, come with me and I'll show you who I am. You know, a lot of times people thought, you ever thought about how they left everything to follow Jesus as soon as he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Haven't you kind of wondered what would make people just leave everything? Now, one, we have to grant it. It's Jesus asking. Let's assume that that's probably a powerful ask. But you also have to understand that according to chronologically in Scripture, Jesus had spent time with them. Come and see. In fact, at one point he'll say, come and be with me. Hang out with me. And so we we really believe it's probably over a six-month period of time that they would see him. They hung out with him. They did these things. And as he prayed all night, he got up and said, you, 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 come follow me. And they did. Because they had seen him. They had spent time with him. They had relationship with him. So don't beat yourself up if you think you couldn't leave everything to follow him. Give him some time. And he's still making invitations. Come and see. Also, secondly, he said, come and drink. In John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, On the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. John chapter 4 had a woman at a well, but Jesus said, if you'll drink of me, you'll never thirst again. Jesus also said, come and follow me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. We also know that he said, come and rest. Mark 6, 31. 
Come and rest. Because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place, and let's get some rest. And lastly, there was an invitation of come and inherit. Matthew 25, 14, the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father. And it says, um, And receive your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you from creation. The promise. You have an obligation to respond to the invitation of Jesus. You're getting a new building. It's awesome. I've been to a lot of churches and, did a, and have spoken to a lot of churches. I have never seen a yoke in a church. I've never seen a stained glass with a yoke in it. Now Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and full of anxiety. And he says, I'll give you rest. He said, Come and be yoked to me. Well, churches don't have yokes. We don't, we don't have them and understand them. In fact, when Jesus was talking about them, they fully would understand what he said. Because all the, in that day, oxen were yoked together. You take two oxen, they would make out of wood and metal. If they were far enough apart where they didn't rub, then they could go and, and pull equally. If, they, if the yoke was too close, it would rub on the oxen and they would get a sore. They wouldn't pull equally. Yokes were used in everything from pulling animals, horses, all of those things in that day. Now, if anybody happens to have, since it is my birthday, if anybody happens to have maybe a Dodge or a Plymouth, maybe a Dodge Charger with three twos, anybody know what three twos? Um, There's three uh, two-barrel carburetors on the manifold. That thing that puts them together, that when you push the accelerator, opens all three of those carburetors at once, is called a yoke. The yoke keeps the carburetors opening at equal pace. That's what a yoke is. In that day, yokes were more negative than positive. When somebody would come say, be yoked to me, they'd go, what? I don't want to do that. Jeremiah spoke of a yoke. He said, the yoke of the slavery that is coming, you will not enjoy. It's Paul in the New Testament who said, Cast off the yoke of sin that has bound you. So this understanding of yoke had a kind of a negative uh, connotation, but it would be holding two things together that they would have equal control. It was even in the Old Testament, Rehoboam, he even said this, my father yoked you with a slavery that will be nothing because I'm going to yoke you to scorpions. Yay, Rehoboam. He split the kingdom in half. Good for him. And that's why, this, as we read this passage, there's something powerful. This is a chiasm, by the way. Chiasm means the beginning and the end answer each other. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. At the end of this passage, he said, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The promise of Jesus is that we don't have to run around in a hurry with anxiety. But we can be right there close with him. And that's why this long sought after rest is important. And it's the yoke, this this thing that keeps us right there, right next to whoever we're next to. 
Well, let's go secondly to the substance of this. Jesus is surrounded by burdened people. My, my son-in-law, Jason, sometimes I've used him as a, a prop in my messages. But you can imagine if Jason was on my back and I'm walking around talking to you. You know how, how that would wear on you? And sometimes we carry things we're not meant to carry. We're not meant to carry these things. Jesus had his back beaten for us, Isaiah says, by his stripes were healed. Only Jesus was made to carry the pressure of this world that we try to carry ourselves and our bodies react into that. And Can you imagine Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you a rest. You know how burdened those people were? Thank God you didn't wake up and it was 2,000 years ago. Think about what you had to do 2,000 years ago. Hey, how many of you have gotten lately a Big Mac at 9 o'clock? Two for two bucks or something like that. McDonald's. <laughs> how many of you took your McDonald's hamburger and picked off the sesame seed buns making sure you got 10% off and put them in a little baggie and give them to Pastor John on Sunday? <laughs> Say, I'm tithing my, my sesame seed bun. Do you know that's what they had to do? Jesus told them, he said, you'll tithe your dill and your mint? Can you imagine going into your spices and tithing 10% of your spices so you could bring them to church with you? Because that's what they had to do. Jesus said, you're like, like whitewashed sepulchers. You're, they burden people with so much religiosity. Now, how many of you woke up this morning and said, I'm going to read in Leviticus? Now, Leviticus is for the Levites. That's why it's called Leviticus. It's for the priests. Do you know what? If you were a Jew today and you're an Orthodox Jew, the first thing you teach your child from the Scripture is Leviticus. That's, what they, that's their beginning. Leviticus is what they teach. Now, because Leviticus doesn't have enough rules in it, they created the Talmud. And the Talmud is to explain and add the rules to the rules. Ladies. If you have uh, some gray hair and you want to pull that gray hair, uh-uh, can't do it on the Sabbath. That's work. Gentlemen, you can't spit on the Sabbath because if you spit, you part the dirt. If you part the dirt, you're farming. So therefore, no spitting on the Sabbath. I could stand here for hours and tell you what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. Go to Israel you can go to Israel with me in May if you'd like. And uh, what we're going to do is that you'll be there on Sabbath or Shabbat. The elevators have a Shabbat elevator, meaning you can't push the button. It stops at every floor because even the electronics have to have a day off. No kidding. Jews were so happy when crockpots were invented because they can cook their meal and have a hot meal because you can't turn anything on or off the day of Shabbat, but you could plug it in before and just leave it on. Wow. How would you like to go through all of those rules? No wonder when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. That'd be everybody. I'm coming. I'm coming. And Jesus says, listen, come to me. And he says, and I will give you rest. You know, the unrighteous, the wicked, they're in trouble. Transgressors, their ways are hard. But the way of the righteous 
is to be filled with peace and something the promise of God. Anybody here ever had somebody tell them, I tried Christianity, but it didn't work? Anybody heard that? I have. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's my birthday, if you haven't heard. And um, I've decided I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to be a basketball player, okay? I got my ball right here. It's slightly used, but still usable. Okay, I've got to get it out of the bag first. Okay, got my sleeve. Okay, because this helps you play better if you put it on your elbow. Okay? I don't even know how it goes, but there. Okay, now it'll help my elbow. Let me see. Oh, yeah, this is my other sleeve. You know what this thing costs? 20 bucks. Yeah. That's $20 right there. That's going to help me, though. Just a minute, I got my pants in here. Okay, this is I got my pants. I was going to bring my shoes because they were $150. But uh, I left them at home. Just a minute. Got my, what's my number? Number 15. Yeah, number 15. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Here I go. If I go down here, will anything happen? All right, just want to make sure. I don't want anything to blow up. Okay, I'm going to play basketball. You know, the Lakers like to go after old guys. So, I'm ready, right? I'm already winded. But uh, (laughs) here's the deal I'm not going to practice. Why do that? It's just running around. I'm just going to wait for the coach to put me in. When he puts me in, I'm going to be really good. But I'm not going to do anything to get any better, but I bought the stuff. I got the headband, got the sleeve, got, got this thing over here. I got a good ball, got my, got my shirt, got my pants. I'm ready to play. How many know that if I got called in on any game, how long would I last? I don't think I'd last that long, but thank you for that. I mean, one time down a court and back, I'm done. Because I didn't practice. And I I don't know that I'm going to get any better. But I'm going to put my stuff off here for right now. And you know what? These things are hot. I mean, just... All right, take my pants off. If somebody's listening to this, <laughs> just let it go. Is my hair messed up? Yes. <laughs> All right. What if I went to Kobe Bryant and said, I want to be yoked to you for a year? I want to be close enough to you that I will hear everything you tell me to do. And when you do it, I'll do it. When you run, I'll run. When you shoot, I'll shoot. When you stop, I'll stop. When you sleep, I'll sleep. I want to be yoked so close to Kobe Bryant that I will do exactly what he does 
for a year. How many would think at the end of that year I'd be a better ball player? I might even look like him. Because people would look at it and say, he moves like Kobe. He shoots like Kobe. Hmm. Jesus says something like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Be yoked to me. Wow. Wait a minute. You cannot come for an hour a week and come to church and learn a couple of religious terms and dress like you're some kind of religious person and think it's going to change your life. You can't just come for an hour a week and think that's what makes a Christian. Neither can I put on garb for basketball and learn a couple of terms. Three points! Nothing but D. Oh, yeah, we learn religious terms, don't we? Bless you. Be praying for you. Hallelujah. That doesn't make you a Christian. You see, anyone who says, I tried Christianity, it doesn't work. It's the same as, I bought basketball equipment, I can't play. All that money I spend doesn't do anything. What if I, you were yoked to Jesus for a year? So close that you could hear him every minute. When he says stop, you stop. When he says go, you went. If he said wait for a while, I want to speak to you. What if you waited and did exactly what Jesus told you to do? As close, because that intimacy with Christ then doesn't get away from us. He's right there. And live your life 24 hours a day yoked to Christ. Wow. You know what will happen at the end of that year? People will see you and this is what they would say. He looks like Jesus. Because you will act like him. Remember the disciples in the book of Acts chapter 2? They said they recognized them as having been with Jesus. And they were turning their world upside down. The great invitation for you and for me is not to be religious for a week or two. But Jesus says, are you burdened and full of anxiety? Come to me. Learn from me because he says, I am gentle and humble of heart means I have character. Come and learn my character. Be yoked to me. And he ends it by saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because once we recognize that this promise is true, that's why there's a, you know, it used to be the old question and I, I like the question. What would you do if you died tonight? We've heard that question before. What would you do if you died in your sleep? Where would you be for eternity? I think that's an extremely valid question and a valid point. Here's a greater, question, a greater statement, greater question. What are you going to do tomorrow if you live? How will you be different tomorrow if you live?
To me, that's the question of the ages. Accept no counterfeits, folks. And that leads us to the third part, the great exchange. Jesus promises that if you would come to him and be yoked to him, he will trade or exchange your stuff in your life for stuff in his life. All your brokenness, all of our worry, all of those doubts, that's the great exchange. Bring them to him and be bound to him and he'll give you something that you cannot afford to buy. Real peace. A calm heart. That's why we find that in our limitation of being bound to Christ, we find the greatest freedom. I want to do my own thing. That's not freedom. That just gets you lost. And that's why when we function best when we're close to the Creator. Elton Trueblood said this, that remember the old hymn? This old hymn. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. You know, that's a, just a song about walking in the garden. Elton Trueblood said, in the beginning, Adam and Eve just walked with God. They were yoked with God. When they rebelled and separated from him, it brought sin into the world. And he said, what God wants to do is bring us back to the garden. Bring us back with him so that we're yoked to him. And that's what tells us. When you're yoked to Christ, don't miss it. I am not alone. I am not alone. And that's why when we face whatever events we have in life, I'm just glad that Christ is there. Here's three words that we're going to end with. This morning, three words. The first word you've already heard, to come. That's why it says in Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's the promise to come. Well, the second word in this is to become. In John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13, that we, it says, I'm sorry, in John 1.11, it says, those he gave the right to become children of God. Here's the deal. The invitation of Christ is that he says, come. If you come to him, you can become a child of God. That's the promise. But unless you come, you can't become. You've got to take the invitation and come to him. And then you become a child of God. Not born of man's desire or, or a father's decision, but born of God. But see, not only do you come and not only do you become, you have to overcome. In 1 John 2.13, it says, I have overcome the evil one. For you see, sometimes we may come and we begin to become, we don't stay long enough to overcome. To we are changed people. We're different people. Somebody that has been found in Christ. See, when you're yoked to him, you can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to run. He's got a hold of you. And he's, you're close enough to hear him whisper, 
And whatever burdens we have in life, he takes care of. It's his promise. As silly as it is for me to go spend $200 to buy basketball stuff, thinking that I could play basketball without ever practicing, is ridiculous as saying I can be a Christian, but I don't have to do anything. It's all in faith. Christ does it all. He pays the price. But then he says, here's the great invitation. Come to me. Be yoked to me. And see if I don't change your life from the inside out. And what I desire is somewhere down the road for somebody to say, wow, that guy looks like Jesus. I hope so. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so grateful for my family at New Hope. I'm grateful for all that you're doing here and want to accomplish. And so, Lord, that's why we ask together that as we look to the end of one journey and the beginning of another, Lord, if there are people here today that their lives are so wearied and burdened, so anxious, you have an invitation to deal with that. Jesus says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And so, Lord, your word is, is medicine. It's powerful. And any that are here today, you can't become someone different without coming. And if you've become something different, then be yoked to Christ and overcome all that the evil one would want to bring. But your promise is sure today that we can bring our needs to you. And that great substance of that great exchange, you will take our wearied lives and give us peace give us hope for the future and a promise you would never leave us you'd never forsake us that's your promise that we stand on if you're right where you're seated right this morning if you'd say i I need the lord just right where you're at ask him jesus forgive me and he'll do so it is his promise but after that then you'd say lord i want to be like you Yoke yourself to him. Bind yourself to him. If you happen to be here and you're a believer, but your life is just filled with burdens today, you've come to the right place because Jesus wants to take those. It is his invitation. Give them to him. Let him carry them. And let him come right alongside with you and walk with you where you can be close enough and intimate enough to hear him and he'll show you a way out. Lord, I'm so thankful for all that you're doing through the leadership, Lord, Pastor John and Kim and all that you want to do through the counsel and leadership of this congregation. I'm so excited about the future. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen.